my friend. Let's go Lakers, baby. World champions. I've been telling y'all that it's going to happen. All right. Let's get into the show. Sorry for hurting your ears to start the damn thing off. I went mic on the mic. Yep. What's up, the brand new one time for one your time, mind? He gave time. you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Repping for the West, see the palms in the logo. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning, beware. You are listening to episode 11 of the Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast, and this might be episode 11 of my show, but it's the 17th title victory for the Los Angeles Lakers in LeBron's 17th year. (laughs) I told you all that your Los Angeles Lakers and my Los Angeles Lakers We're going to get it done in the bubble. And they did with ease. Only one game went to six, or only one series went to six games. Are you impressed? Are you impressed? Because we're going to go and get another star player in the offseason. So just prepare for a repeat next year. How's everyone doing? I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. You're probably like, wow. Calm down, dude. It's just a championship. Y'all win all the time. This is a big deal to me. I haven't won a championship. It's the last time the Lakers won a championship, and I was a very young boy when that happened. So in my adult or teenage life, I have not won a championship in sports. The Dodgers are doing what the Dodgers do, and they're doing it again this year. The Chargers are doing what the Chargers do, and they're doing it again this year. So my team to root for to win championships is the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. Once again... I have a jam-packed show. That'll be enough of the Lakers talk for now. I'll bring it up again, I'm sure, in the future. But for now, I'm going to not annoy you guys with the constant Lakers banter. For this show, I'm going to go on a rant regarding the uh, Dak Prescott situation. Just unscripted. I haven't done it yet. I'm going to do a rant about what happened with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and how I feel about it. And then I'm going to go on to do my NFL pick'ems, as I do every week. Uh, I'm just going to predict every game for the week six. Last week we did okay, got nine wins. I like to stay around 10, 11, 12 wins. But, hey, we gained a game on the on the leader, and we maintained our spot in the standings. Tied for second with three other uh, podcasters I'm competing against. And then I'm also going to have on the show, actually this might be in between the two segments, I'm bringing on a guest, Jennifer Cobb. She's a former Rams cheerleader. She has an organization she'd like to share with you guys, and she's going to go ahead and have the mic for a couple minutes to share her organization and to share what they do for people uh, combating certain diseases. So let's get into the show. I'm excited for this show, and I'm excited to get it going. I will not bring up the Lakers for the rest of the show. 
I'm not going to say I promise, but I'm going to try not to bring up the Lakers for the rest of the show. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into topic one. Uh, I mean, I don't play the game for money. Um, never once in my life I've ever touched a football and thought about money. Uh, I play the game uh, because of my love, my passion. Uh, so once the season began, that's all my focus was on, was, was on my love, the love of the game and uh, my commitment to my teammates uh, to go get something done, to go get a job done. We've all, we all were, um, had a committed, a shared responsibility and a promise to go after something. It had nothing to do about our individual bank accounts or what was to come. So that never crossed my mind. As you guys saw Sunday, Dak Prescott went down with a compound fracture in his ankle. He will miss the rest of this season and into next offseason. This is this is tough, man. I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. I've always been a big Dak Prescott fan. I feel like he goes out there and he performs every single week at an extremely high level and still receives the most hate and criticism. It is very similar to the kind of hate and criticism that LeBron James receives. Of course, Dak isn't an all-time great yet, so I mean, I don't expect him to be criticized as an all-time great yet. I understand his contract situation was a little hairy, but I'm just going to talk about it a little bit right now. So Dak Prescott, starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, has some of the largest amounts of pressure you can have on a quarterback to lead that franchise of all franchises. A guy who has given everything to that team, everything to that organization. He played his rookie contract out. Played his rookie contract all the way to the end. Gets franchise tagged. And in a situation where every other player in existence, except for Kirk Cousins, would have held out. He said, no, I'm not going to abandon my teammates. I'm not going to abandon the fan base. I'm not going to abandon my team. I'm playing on the franchise tag. What can With no guarantees, this man's out there playing. No contract. I know he's making $30 million on the franchise tag. But the man could have locked down hundreds of millions of dollars in this offseason. But instead, he is committed to the Dallas Cowboys. He is committed to his teammates. He is committed to that fan base. And you guys have the nerve to cheer when the man breaks his ankle at the stadium? You have the nerve to go on to social media and still attack this guy? Are you kidding me? The Dallas Cowboys screwed over Dak Prescott, first of all. The franchise tag is supposed to be used to continue contract negotiations. Not used to give a guy more time to get hurt and lose his contract. You think Jerry Jones isn't going to use this against Dak in the contract negotiation? You think so? I highly doubt it. I guarantee this is going to come up, and I guarantee you this is going to be the reason that Dak leaves the Cowboys this season. Jerry came out with this statement, his heart goes out to Dak Prescott, and blah, 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 and that he's the future of the team. Prove it, Jerry. Offer the man his money. He was playing at a record-setting all-time pace. I've said it multiple times, that looking at last year's performance, 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, are you kidding me? What more do you need to do? And Dak was going to improve on that this year. He was on track for a 40-touchdown, 5,000-yard season. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous that this happened to Dak, and this is why if you are set to make that big contract, go get your money while you can. Go get your money while you can. I don't want to hear all this crap. Well, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not asking for 10 years. He's asking for a salary 
projecting the cap increase that is going to come in the next couple of years as these gigantic quarterbacks get signed, like Lamar Jackson, like Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, possibly. All of these guys that are young and playing on their first contract are about to get signed for bunko money, probably for more than Dak was asking. And are you guys going to come out and you guys going to hate on them as much as you hate on Dak Prescott? A guy that goes out and throws for 400 plus yards three straight games and you somehow blame him for the losses? It is the quarterback's job to go out there and play the quarterback position. Does Dak do that effectively? Yes. Whose job is it to get the wins? It is the coach's job to turn that quarterback production and all the players' production into wins. That's how football goes. That's why there's a coach there. If they're losing and your running back has 150 yards all purpose and your quarterback has 400 yards, who do you blame? The running back and the quarterback? Or do you blame the coach? Let's take a second and look at it from a different perspective. What if this was happening on the high school level? Quarterback is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He's putting up gigantic numbers every week. Running back is one of the best running backs in the nation, putting up gigantic numbers every week. Because of the quarterback's play, he's bringing up the receiving core, and now the receiving core looks like one of the best receiving cores in the nation. But the team hasn't won a game. Who are you blaming there? You blaming the quarterback and the running back and the receivers? No, you're going to blame the coaching. You're going to blame the defense. You're going to blame the, the people that deserve the blame for what's going wrong in Dallas. So to sit here and say, I told you so, Dak isn't winning games. I don't want to hear that. Dak was doubling what he did last year. He was doubling down on what he did last year. And the man was going to make his money. The man was going to go into the offseason, even if the Cowboys didn't sign him. And he was going to make the money he was asking for. No matter where they ended up signing him, whether it's New York, Washington, hell, Denver, any of these places... He was going to get the money he was asking for. But because he cares about the Dallas fan base, because he cares about the Dallas team, he went out there and risked it all and lost it all. All because the Cowboys couldn't make a decision on whether to let him go and get the money guaranteed or to sign on them damn selves. If they could just make the decision on their franchise quarterback who's starting up a career that's probably going to be one of the best careers for a Cowboys quarterback ever. You can't make a decision on that guy. I got nothing for you. Just let him go. Don't trap him with the franchise tag. Don't screw him over. And let this kind of thing happen. If the Cowboys sign Dak Prescott. I'll eat my words. But I'll tell you right now. There is no way in hell. That Jerry Jones is going to sign him. After this. Especially to the money. That Dak deserves for his performance on the field. Let's move on. All right. I am joined by Jennifer Cobb, former Rams cheerleader. She's going to go over uh, briefly her organization and what they do. And we're going to use the show as a platform to try and promote exactly what they do. They do a lot of good things. So, uh, how are you, Jennifer? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Uh, just, just hanging in there. I just finished recording yeah. the rest of the show. So this is kind of like the last segment. You're the, you're the closer. Save the best for last, and thanks so much <laughs> for having me. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, go ahead and go over your organization and, and, and let everyone know what they do and how they could find you, especially and how to help. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So team gateway to a cure, www.teamgatewaytoacure.org. I started the foundation about four years ago. My father was diagnosed with Parkinson's and my platform, as you mentioned, coming off the NFL field as a NFL uh, cheerleader. I wanted to use the platform to uh, use my voice uh, to raise awareness for Parkinson's, uh, this just neurological debilitating disease um, to educate people on what the disease is, but also the caregiver, the one that's loving and caring for them on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and what that looks like. And so I uh, partnered up with uh, the Michael J. Fox Foundation as well as the Muhammad Ali Parkinson Center. And um, Michael raises millions of dollars for research for Parkinson's, which is great. Um, And I support that 100%. I love, you know, fundraising. And um, I love when people make donations in memory or in honor of a loved one. But you don't really hear of fundraising and 5Ks and fancy dinner auctions for a caregiver. Yeah. You hear it mostly for the disease. And so where's the caregiver support? Where's their, that a boy, that a girl, keep going, keep doing, don't give up. You got this. They suffer from depression, anxiety, and exhaustion. And um, they do it every day. Never complain, at least that I know of. <laughs> and uh, they make sure they're, Loved one has a belly full of food, medicines taken to and from doctor appointments, tuck them into bed, kiss their forehead, and do it again the next day. And um, I recently recognized that now the caregivers are recognized as the second patient. Insurance companies are, um, you know, recognizing them as the second patient and putting support groups in and hospitals and um noticing that these caregivers are going through depression and anxiety and physical exhaustion. And so uh, when you're a low income senior in that position and you're caring for your husband or wife uh, and you're also working outside the home, where do you go for your support? So that's where Muhammad Ali Parkinson center came in. Muhammad Ali Parkinson center is attached to the barrels neurological Institute, which is in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I don't know if uh, your listeners or yourself uh, realize that Mohammed's legacy before he passed away of Parkinson's as a caregiver, the support them, that the, the ones behind the scenes, the four walls of your home, caring for their loved ones and really encouraging them to be at the best of their capabilities because when they are, they represent the person going through the disease by giving them hope and comfort every day. And so um, it's really cool. You can go online to the Muhammad Ali Parkinson Center and find out more how you can get involved as a caregiver supporter Um, because what they do is they bring support now since COVID has hit They bring a lot of support to the home through the um, supporting the Parkinsonian patient, but also the caregiver, uh, because many times the Parkinsonian 
um, um, the individual is going through a lot of changes on a daily basis, and they sometimes may not recognize some of the important caregiver steps that need to be taken while they go through the changes of the disease from a day or a weekly or monthly basis. And when the caregiver is there, sound mind and body, not that the patient uh, isn't, but there's um, oftentimes not a lot of degeneration in the mind uh, or physical uh, ailments with the caregiver. And so they can recognize certain things that maybe the par Parkinsonian individual isn't able to. Yeah, that's, that's a great cause to, to raise awareness for. And it resonates with me. I'm sure it resonates. Everyone's been in a situation where a family member has needed them. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was in a situation where I had to take care of my grandfather at the end of his life. Um, not the same disease, but uh, for, for brain cancer. So raising yeah. awareness for the caregiver is something that is not mentioned a lot. So I appreciate what you're doing with your, with your organization and everything. Thank you. Yeah. So Parkinson's, but there's, um, you know, Muhammad Ali Parkinson's center focuses on the Parkinson's, but there's other brain diseases. Like you just mentioned, brain mm. cancer, ALS, MS, Alzheimer's concussions and Louis bodies. I mean, there's, there's many. And um, what the common denominator with all of them um, is a caregiver. Yeah. Every one of them has a caregiver in their, in their, in their um, um, family unit, the dynamic. Uh, and if they don't, then we'll make sure that they are taken care of. But it's, it's really, like I said earlier, it's really, really important that they understand how very um, important emotionally, physically, intellectually, the caregiver is, um, especially when they're in a hospice situation and um, there's not only medical um, decisions that need, need to be made, but also financial decisions. Yeah, and, and it can, it's something like that can really crush a family. So to have some support from the outside world, I'm sure is great, especially if you're in a situation where it's just you and your family member that you're caregiving for, man, that, that's tough. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, what is the website? One more time, people can go check out the main ones and, and donate or, or at least yeah. spread www.teamgatewaytoacure.org. You guys heard it. Head right on over there to, to make a donation or at least share the link with your friends via all your social media platforms. Everyone doesn't realize how much reach they have and how much they could change the world with even, you know, just Facebook and Instagram. So thanks for coming on, Jennifer. I'm going to end the recording. Thank you for having me. Here we go with week six NFL pickums. Can't believe we're already in week six. We're getting closer and closer to midseason every single week and closer and closer to the end of the season <laughs> every single week. Last week we did okay. We went nine and six. I usually like to stay above ten wins, but I'll take nine and six considering that, you know, my opponents uh, did not best nine and six. I had two people tie with me for nine and six, uh, Joe Morley Sports and at Piggy Bank Picks. Go check them out on Instagram. We gained the game on Adam who went eight and seven, or I think we went nine and five. I'm not sure how exactly <laughs> it went, but what I'm saying is, is that we gained a game on Adam of the What Offseason Sports Podcast. Go check him out on Instagram and all of his social medias as well. And we separate ourselves from last place so we can feel a little safe from uh, Robson. Not meaning to uh, talk down on Robson. He's putting a good effort. He's only one game behind second. So really, it's, it's a tight race still. We're all three games behind Adam. 
and we're trying to catch up to him. It was four or five games last week, so here we go. First up, we have the Chicago Bears. Wow, what a story the Bears have had this season. Traveling to Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. This is going to be a fun game just because both these teams are on fire. Fuego, as my wife would tell me. <laughs> are on fire this week. The Bears have found a way to be 4-1 through the first five weeks of the season. And a lot of us have doubted them and none of us believed in them, including myself. Um, the Bears have had an interesting story over the past few years where they just seem to always overachieve our expectations. It's kind of weird that we keep doubting them and they keep overachieving our expectations. I expected it to all fall apart against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it did not. They held strong. They kept it together. Chicago, your defense has officially earned my respect. That defense is playing at a very high level. That defense is taking over some of these games. That's exactly what they did against Tampa Bay. Basically shutting the Buccaneers down. Uh, very good game for Chicago's defense. The Bears have a slightly stronger defense than the Panthers because the Panthers have also been riding on that defense and just uh, just having an efficient offense that's just playing okay and, and they've been living off of that and that's how they won their last couple games. They've strung a few in a row. But I'm going to take Chicago's defense over Carolina's defense to be a little bit more dominant. And I think Chicago is going to win in what will be a tight game, but I will take the Bears to beat the Panthers in Carolina. It's going to be a fun game, though. I think it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. You're going to see a lot of young guys uh, making plays, especially receive, in the receiving cores. Both receiving cores have some young you know, guys that are trying to break out this season. Moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to play the Indianapolis Colts. And I like, I like the Bagels win a few weeks ago over Jacksonville. I kind of predicted that they were going to win that game, but I you know, see them take a step back again this week. They're just not quite there yet. And Joe Burrow is going to be good in this league, in my opinion, but like I said, they're just not quite there yet as far as around them, around him. They ha he has a good receiving core, but the receiving core, you know, is aging. Tyler Boyd is good, but I still think Tyler Boyd will be like a really good wide receiver too. So maybe they can go and find someone to replace A.J. Green as that really good wide receiver one uh, option for Joe Burrow. They also probably could find another tight end. So the offense does need some work. Offensive line, obviously, is one of the worst. So they could definitely fix the offensive line. So they definitely have a lot of work to do to build around Joe. But I like the future that they're building there. I like seeing them win against teams like Jacksonville. It makes me feel like this, this team can be good in, in coming years, maybe in the next two or three years, possibly as they build some building pieces. They're going to get another high draft pick this year. So hopefully they get the right guy, um, maybe an offensive lineman. We'll see, we'll see what they go with. The Colts, you know, they're just a plain solid team, man. Through and through, they're a solid team. I know they lost last week to Cleveland, but they're one of the top defenses in the NFL. They have a very efficient offense. Phillip Rivers is not wowing us on the stat line. He's not wowing us, but he's playing good football. I mean, I believe he has a very high QBR. I think he's, you know, above 100 uh, QBR this season. So Phillip Rivers is just doing what he needs to do, and that's what a veteran should do when you have one of the best defenses in the league. Problem is, is when you have one of the best defenses in the league, they're going to slip up. It's just the way it works in the NFL. The offenses, the talent in the league is just too much. You're going to give up points eventually. You cannot hold up forever. And you saw that last week against Cleveland, and Cleveland just took off. And Cleveland's offense is severely underrated this year, in my opinion. And they're not going to be underrated for long if they keep doing what they've been doing. The Colts will beat the Bengals. Um, I think it's going to be pretty easy for the Colts to beat the Bengals. I don't think the Bengals are going to have a good time trying to move against this defense with a rookie quarterback and a banged-up offense and aging receivers. And it's, just, it's just not looking good for the Bengals in this matchup. The Bengals are going to be good you know, to pick or bet on, at least cover the spread against some of these worser teams like Jacksonville um, a couple weeks ago. But 
when it comes to playing a team like the Colts or any team that's uh, you know above average or, or better, um, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to stand up too much to them. Maybe they keep it close up until about halftime, but eventually the Colts is you know superior uh, roster and, and the more talent they have on defense and offense is going to show in this game and, and, and the Colts are going to win it. Then we got the Lions traveling to Jacksonville, speak of the Jaguars, to play the Jaguars. You know, and it's another tough one to pick because both teams, you know, have had very similar stories this season. They've been losing, but they're showing a lot of bright spots on offense and defense within the loss. It just makes you, like, want to pick them to, to upset a team at some point in the season, but they're just not quite there. I think the Lions are more experienced. The Lions have been playing tougher football so far this season, especially as of late. Um, and honestly, the Jaguars, I think, are folding in an attempt to try and get a franchise quarterback. I don't think they're intentionally losing, but they're intentionally setting themselves up to lose. If that makes any sense, you know, from the from the general manager positions up, um, I think that you know the coaching staff, the players, they're all dedicated to trying to win every game they can, but they just aren't in the right position to do it, and it sucks for them because they're a bunch of young guys that that this is an important part of their career. And it's kind of getting destroyed for this tank for Trevor Lawrence uh, theme that's going on here with the Jets and the Jaguars so we'll see who gets them but one of these two teams I think are going to end up getting them. The Jaguars you know were the Dolphins first win they were the Bengals first win and they were the Texans first win and I'm predicting them to become the Lions second win of 2020 so I'm taking the Lions to beat the, the Jaguars. Next we got the Falcons traveling to Minnesota to play the Minnesota Vikings. While I took the Texans last week in a similar situation the Falcons are in this week it's a much tougher trip to Minnesota coming off of you know, firing both your head coach and your general manager in the same week. The Falcons are extremely beat up, you know, and really looking forward to a bye week as soon as they can get it. I don't know. I'm not sure when their bye week is. I'm sure it's coming up, and I'm sure they're looking forward to it because their team is really banged up. They're 0-5, so, you know, you just you just want to get to that bye week so you can reevaluate everything and, and try and start from scratch. The GM's gone. The coach is gone. Matty Ice is probably looking both ways before he crosses the street every morning in, in Atlanta. I don't know where he lives, but I'm sure uh, he's a little bit worried about his job security, seeing everyone else getting sent out. You know, this is just a super tough game for them. It's a super tough trip for them to make all the way to Minnesota to play them in, you know, Minnesota. And I got the Vikings winning at home, and I, I think they're going to repair this poor start a little bit and string a couple games together. The Vikings aren't as bad as their record reflects. I think they just had to, some figuring out to do in the beginning of the season just because of all the guys that moved around this offseason for them. So they're starting to figure it out. You're seeing it, and, and they played Seattle tough, and they got to win a couple weeks ago. So let's, I see the Vikings making this one out and, and, and getting this W against the Falcons. Sending the Falcons to 0-6, which sucks for them. They might as well just go ahead and you know tap out for this season, preserve whatever you can for next season. Here's another fun one this week. Uh, I always say that, another fun one. Just another interesting game. It's two bad teams, honestly, but just who, who do you predict to win this game, right? Yeah, the Washington football team traveling to play the New York Giants. And as much as I love the Alex Smith story, it's one of my favorite stories, I think, ever in football. <laughs> the Washington football team has been spiraling a little bit as of late. They have not been competing at the levels that they had in the first couple of weeks of the season. And after a win in Philly in week one, they actually are on a huge losing streak right now. I never thought they'd be good, I just want to clarify that. I just thought that they had some scary young talent and can upset some teams if you sleep on them. Um, now, now that you have seen them flatline, 
and you know they're on their third quarterback of the season. I just don't see them pressing much the rest of the season. I don't see them doing very well, honestly, the rest of the season. Just the situation is just falling apart there. Ron Rivera is definitely going to build a squad there, though. They have a good young core already there, and whatever he brings in, such you know, sends out, it's going. He's going to build a squad there, and they're going to be competitive in the future. I have confidence in Ron Rivera. The Giants have been extremely tough, extremely tough, you know, losing to some good teams by very small margins, very tight games, and that's going to give me the confidence to go ahead and select the New York football Giants to beat the Washington, D.C. football team at home this weekend. So that's my pick. I'm taking the Giants. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Philly to play the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm just going to say it, man. This is going to be tough, and if you're an Eagles fan, I'm sorry. The Eagles suck this year. <laughs> it, it, from the injuries to the O-line play to just playing Carson Wentz making huge mistakes that he doesn't normally make. So it's, it's real confusing to me. They are not what I thought they'd be. I was banking on Wentz coming to form and, and, and having another MVP-like season and carrying the Eagles once again to win that division. But we have officially asked Carson Wentz to do too much. He cannot carry this team every single season back to back to back to back. They need to get a, a team around him, especially offensively, offensive line and wide receiver wise. I'm taking a few steps back on the Eagles now. You know, still in the hunt, but you know, I see a tough schedule ahead. This is a tough game for them to win. I don't think they're gonna win. They're gonna continue to struggle. And you just don't really have that many chances to get this confidence and your ball rolling. It'd be a big upset if the Eagles beat the Ravens this week. You know, they got a long season ahead of them. The Ravens do not need any commentary. They're a top five team with a top five defense and probably a top five offense in the NFL. And for sure, they should pound the Eagles. I'll take Baltimore to win this one pretty soundly. Anyways, moving on to Mike's game of the week. We have the Cleveland Browns traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in a big seeding matchup here. I think both these teams are playoff teams via the wild card. But this could determine who's going to be the number one wild card versus the number two or three wild card. So here we go. I told y'all last week that if the Browns beat the Colts, I will take them every week until they lose again. I will not bounce back on that. I will keep my word on that. But I'm still going to go over this. I'm still going to give a brief of why I think the Browns might be able to beat the Steelers this week. While the Steelers' defense is tough, the Browns just went off on the number one ranked defense. Put up points. The Browns have unlocked the full potential of that offense. I've been saying that as kind of in my quote over the last couple weeks. That's the big difference for the Browns this year. They have unlocked the full potential. They're getting the full potential out of Kareem Hunt. They're getting the full potential out of Odell Beckham Jr. They're getting the full potential out of Nick Chubb. Jarvis Landry is still just that surefire receiver that he's been his whole career. They are getting the full potential out of this offense. Baker doesn't have to do anything but not turn the ball over. And that's exactly what they needed to do last season. That's exactly what they're doing this season. And you see the results. They've beaten a couple good teams now and played some good teams real tough. So it's good to see this from the Cleveland Browns. This, this franchise needed this. This fan base needed it. We have been anticipating this breakout season for years, man. And here it is. I see the Browns having one of the best seasons the franchise has ever seen. You know, it's a, it's a hard franchise. They, they've stuck through thin and thin. Maybe get a playoff win. We'll see who they get matched up with in the playoffs, if they make the playoffs or when they make the playoffs. I really think they're going to make the playoffs at this point, seeing what they're doing at this point in the season. I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs. The Ravens are going to be hard to overthrow because the Ravens are just going to be consistently amazing every single week. And the Browns are going to have bad games, so they're going to lose a few here and there. But 10 and 6, 11 and 5 right now is easy for the Browns to accomplish, especially sitting here at 4 and 1 and red hot. 
we'll, we will see what happens if they do get to the playoffs. We'll see what happens this week against the Steelers. But I am a man of my word, and I'm going to take the Browns to win in a close one over Pittsburgh. If the Browns lose, then I'm off the hook. But until the Browns lose, I have to take them every single week, no matter who they play. I already made that deal with all of the listeners. I made that deal with everyone last week when I said I'm going to take the Browns this week to beat the Colts. And if they beat the Colts, I'm going to take them until the end of the season. So here we go. First game on my bet, on my word, of taking the Browns every week until the end of the season. Until they lose. Texans are traveling to Tennessee to play the Tennessee Titans. And, and I was looking at this game as possibly picking the Texans to upset the Titans if the Titans would have lost to the Bills. Or even gotten played tight by the Bills. Either one. If we would have seen a, a performance like we saw in Denver week one by the Titans, I was going to take the Texans to upset the Titans in this game. However, the Tennessee Titans showed up against Buffalo this last week, and they really proved to me that this defense can ball. And they proved to me that they can win a game on the back of Derrick Henry. And they've been doing, you know, I know they've been doing good this season. I know they're undefeated this season. But if you watch the games they've won, it's almost been lucky. <laughs> it's almost been lucky in every single game. It's been very close games. Your kicker hits six field goals. Your kicker misses three field goals. They still won both of those different separate games. You know what I mean? And that's just not something that happens. When you get stopped to six field goals, usually you're not winning the game. Or when you miss three field goals, you usually are not winning the game. And they won both of those games. I've been really skeptical on the Titans this season overall. But they proved a lot in that Buffalo Bills game. They came out and they dominated from whistle to whistle. You know, it was very impressive. And Houston got their first win, and I wanted to take them to upset the Titans, but I'm going to stick with the Titans now that I saw what the Titans did this last week. I think the Texans play them tough, though. They're a good matchup against the Titans. They're going to air it out. They're going to they're gonna run the ball with their quarterback. You know, it's going to be a good mixture of the two. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm going to take the Titans to beat the Texans in Tennessee just based off of that Bills performance. I don't see the Texans being able to pressure the Titans more than the Bills did or would been able to, uh, and the Bills didn't pressure them at all. So we'll see what happens. But I'm taking the Titans to win that game. Green Bay Packers traveling to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I highly recommend getting getting a chance to check out this game, especially if you're flipping between the games and deciding which one you want to fully commit to for the day. Battle of the Future Hall of Famers. This game will surely be fun to talk about this week, and everyone will talk about it, but just slightly misses out on being this week's game of the week because of what I think is going to happen in the game. <laughs> the Packers had a terrible offseason, in my opinion, and I ranted and ranted and yelled and yelled and was so mad about how the Packers did this offseason. I torched them, man. And, and then I was damn near demanding that they trade for a receiver like Odell or somebody. Um, Allen Robinson, I, I was like demanding that they better trade for a receiver because they drafted Jordan Love, right? I forgot something. I forgot something very big about the Green Bay Packers. They were a great team last year. I don't know why I was freaking out so much. Like, really good. Like, they were in the NFC title game, one game away from the Super Bowl last year, and the 49ers were only in the championship game because they went on a hot streak like we haven't seen in a long time especially defensively. So <laughs> if the 49ers don't get hot, we could have potentially seen an Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl last year, and who knows what would have happened at that point. You saw what Patrick Mahomes did to the 49ers, but who knows what would have happened. Aaron Rodgers might be able to keep up with Patrick in that second half because we know what Aaron Rodgers does in the second half of games. So, you know, me being pissed and trying to yell at the Green Bay Packers organization was uncalled for. I was wrong for doing that. They were a Super Bowl contending team last year, and they're still a Super Bowl contending team this year, I really wanted to see them improve. I really wanted to see them add at least one piece, but they didn't. 
and they're still succeeding. So I was wrong. That, that straight up, I was wrong about the Green Bay Packers. And if you want to possibly, you know, put a big money bet down right now at this point in the season on who's going to win the Super Bowl, Green Bay might be a really good bet. If you put a hundred down on Green Bay right now, you might get a really substantial return if they end up either going or winning the Super Bowl, depending on what bet you place. You know, Aaron Rodgers is amazing. <laughs> so let's talk about the Buccaneers a little bit, right? Um, the Buccaneers are in an interesting situation where, you know, they win, lose, win, lose. They're trying to put it together. They're trying to, to put together a consistency. They're trying to put together a rapport between Brady and the receivers. And you're seeing those kinks being worked out in the games. And they're going to be working out these kinks probably through midseason and probably, you know, into the end of the season. Next season, I look to see the Bucks be a very highly, com- more highly competitive team. They're going to probably make playoffs this year. Maybe the wild card spot. Maybe they win the division. The Saints are struggling too. Panthers are playing way better than we all expected. So we'll see what happens there. But I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in future years, once they have that rapport down, once they get a full off season to prepare to prepare and build that relationship between Brady and his targets, I think the Bucks are going to be a lot better in the coming years. For this game, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is on an absolute mission to get another ring before he's done. And he is not going to stop just because they drafted Jordan Love instead of a wide receiver for him. Because he is a bad man down there in Wisconsin. I just wanted to say that. Thank you, Stephen A., for making that catchphrase because I love saying that. Every time I get a chance to say it, I do. And anyone that's been listening to the podcast for more than a week, they know that I take my opportunities to say that phrase and moving on we got the denver broncos traveling to new england to play my favorite team the new england patriots i said that sarcastically in case you're a first time listener both teams should get their starting quarterbacks back on the field you know one from covid and one from injury drew Locke and cam newton i was really high on the broncos in the offseason i was really high on the broncos because they had such a star-studded young roster they were set to take the field with a young star at almost every single position who was going to, in my predictions, break out. But they've lost almost every starter, every guy that I was talking about, to injury since then, which is ridiculous. It sucks for the Broncos. They are one of the most injury-riddled teams in the NFL. And it was a lot to take in an already weird situation for them in a weird season for everyone. You know, at full strength, I probably would take Denver to win this game. I'm pretty sure um, I talked to, the, to my old co-host on a show about this game exactly we got into a heated debate about who was better between Cortland Sutton and Julian Edelman um, and I said I would take Denver to beat New England this week that was months and months and months ago now um, and a lot has transpired s- since then New England will beat the Broncos you know because Bill's genius paired with Cam's instant impact that he's brought to the Patriots is better than I thought it was going to be and is better than what the Broncos have right now out on the field you know and I think the, the Patriots will win the games that they should the talent becomes issues versus these stacked teams or these bigger teams like the Seattle Seahawks. We saw that. And we saw that against the Kansas City Chiefs. But a beat-up, injured Denver Broncos team should be no match for this New England Patriots squad. Broncos need to make a decision on Drew Locke. That's kind of the mission for the rest of the year is to just kind of evaluate Drew Locke and how he fits with this receiving core, how he fits on this team, how he fits, you know, how his relationship is with Jerry Judy. They need to make a decision on whether or not Drew Locke is the guy for the future of this franchise Trey Lance or Justin Fields may be available to the Broncos in the draft this year we will see how bad the Broncos actually are for the rest of the year so they need to decide on Drew Locke and if he is the franchise guy for them at at the quarterback position but I'm taking the Patriots to win 
this specific game. Moving on, we're getting to the nitty gritty here. We got the New York Jets. That's all I say whenever I think of the Jets. Going to Miami to play the Miami Dolphins. All I gotta say is Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic. He goes on these streaks where he is absolutely unstoppable. Or for you know half a season, he'll be absolutely unstoppable. We saw it in, in Tampa also. He goes through a, a whole half a season where this guy, you know, five, six, seven, eight games is just an absolute monster running the ball and throwing the ball. Then you'll have other games where he'll throw three picks in one half. So it's kind of hard. You know, it's up and down for Fitzmagic. He's doing a great job, though, at keeping this team afloat, all while holding the placeholder spot for Tua whenever they think that Tua is ready to go out there and play and ready to roll him out. I'm sure whenever they are ready, Tua is now ready. So we'll see how long before they put Tua out on the field for the Miami Dolphins. But looking at this game especially, I think that if, even if Fitzmagic throws three interceptions in this game, I think that they're still going to beat the Jets. The Jets are horrible. They just dropped the last bit of talent they had in Le'Veon Bell. Congrats to Le'Veon, by the way. You know, he got his big money contract. He got his money. Now he can go find a team and try and win a ring somewhere. I'm going to take the Dolphins to win again, you know, over the New York Jets. This is a good part of the schedule for the Miami Dolphins. Moving on to the Cardinals traveling to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys. And I have a question for everyone that's listening. Why should I pick the Cowboys? That, that's my question, honestly. You know, from a disappointing defensive play to the DAC injury, it's all falling apart in Big D as it does every season somehow. The Cardinals got back on track with a big win versus the Jets last week. I won't say it's a big win, but for them it's a good win because they were on a little bit of a losing streak. I think they lost two games in a row. So getting that win really just kind of gives them the confidence to move forward and get back to what they were in those first three games of the season. Kyler is going to be extremely hard to stop for the Dallas Cowboys this week. If they can't stop guys like Danny Daniel Jones and these guys that don't have the same kind of dual threat ability that Kyler has, good luck stopping these guys. And also, the Giants don't have a receiver like D-Hop. They don't have a receiver, you know, even like Fitzgerald. <laughs> I like Darius Slayton. I like these guys, but they're just not quite wide receiver ones in my opinion yet. Maybe they'll develop into wide receiver ones, they're just not quite there yet. And it's going to be extremely tough on Dallas this week. I think the Cardinals win. I'm going to say the Cardinals win by 10 or more points. That's 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 how confident I am. I like Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton can uh, be a good placeholder for the Cowboys. Will they try and figure out this quarterback situation? Whether they're going to re-sign Dak, which they did Dak dirty, by the way. I think I'm going to go on a rant about that in a little bit. Whether they're going to re-sign Dak or whether they're going to move on from Dak, whatever it's going to be, Andy Dalton's going to hold the place. But the Cowboys... Fortunately, are in that division. Who knows who's going to win that division at that point? At this point, because I'm low on every single team in the division, but I'm taking the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys in Dallas. Some people might take Dallas to win that game. We'll see. Moving on, we're into our final couple games of this week. We got the Los Angeles Rams. I almost said St. Louis going to San Francisco to play the San Francisco 49ers. The, what is going on with Jimmy G? Holy crap, man! This guy. Is so up and down from week to week. He needs to get it together, or he may face getting the boot just one season after making a Super Bowl appearance. They're paying him too much money for him to be getting benched at halftime. I'll tell you that much for damn sure. The Rams are clicking, and to me, are one of the biggest surprises this season because they lost a lot in the offseason. I thought they were going to take a step back this year and not quite be the same Rams that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. But they're holding tough, and this Sean McVay-led team is showing why he is one of the better coaches in the NFL, and he deserves to be paid as one of the better coaches in the NFL as he is. So it's good to see the Rams succeeding, even though I doubted them to start the season. But I think they just got a better squad than the 49ers right now. And the 49ers are real banged up still with injuries and struggling to figure out their identity as a team, whether they're rushing offense or passing offense. They don't know what's going on right now in San Francisco. I'll take the Rams 
Um, their their squad is red hot right now, and, and they're balling out. So I'll take the Rams to beat San Francisco in San Francisco on Sunday. Final game of the week is probably the most exciting game of the week. It's going to be played on Monday, I believe. We got the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Buffalo to play the Buffalo Bills. And I am super high on the Bills this year, but look what happened to them last week against the Titans. They just got beat up by the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs just got beat up by the Raiders. The matchup is real tough. The Bills have relied on Josh Allen to pull out great performances and carry these teams to victories throughout the first couple of weeks. And I think we forgot to really pay attention to something like that. The defense hasn't been amazing. It's been just average throughout the season so far. He had a big, he had a bad game uh, and the team around him just couldn't pick him up like he had picked them up in previous weeks. The Bills are not as complete as I initially thought and that got exposed in this game versus the Tennessee Titans. But I still think they win that division. I still think they're good enough to pull out, you know, an 11 and 5 or or 10 and 6 performance. And I think the Patriots will be around 500 by the end of the season. The Chiefs run defense on the other hand got exposed its damn self by the by the Raiders. The Raiders went off on them and scored a bunch of points on the Chiefs defense. They could not handle the run slash play action attack that Las Vegas brought. The Chiefs are in luck though. The Bills are kind of a pass heavy offense right now. Um, they may switch the game plan. After Josh Allen, you know, struggled and threw a couple picks on Tuesday night. But for now, I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. And what's probably going to be a fun game to watch. You're going to see a lot of big plays from both of these offenses. You're going to see a lot of back and forth uh, going at it between the Chiefs and the Bills. The Chiefs are probably pissed after losing that game. So they might come out and just completely ball out and put up 35, 40 points on the Bills. But we'll see what happens. I'm taking the Chiefs for now. I may change my pick midweek. So just be on the lookout for that. I'll probably put it out on my story or something. But I may change my pick midweek if I see that the Bills are coming out with some kind of news or some kind of game plan leak um, that they're planning on running the ball a lot more than usual. But as of right now, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to, to withstand a shootout versus the Bills. So that's it. NFL Pick'em's Week 6. Here we go. We got 9 wins last week. Let's try and get 10 or 11 wins this week. And let's try and catch up to our opponents in this Pick'em competition. Thank you. And let's move on to the next topic. There you go. Episode 11 is in the books. Episode 11 is complete. Thanks for tuning in to the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. I appreciate you all. I just want to let you know that I grind for this podcast. I am working nonstop from 7 in the morning until 7 at night, whether it's getting caught up on homework for college or working on the podcast or working on some kind of graphics for the podcast or growing the following, uh, working on building my following on TikTok now, which we're approaching 3,000 followers in just like a week and a half. doesn't matter. I'm always doing something to better myself and to better the future of this podcast and better my future in sports. So I appreciate all the support and I appreciate the ride that you guys are taking me on in such a short amount of time. I mean, less than half a year, man, and it's already blown up so much. And it's, I'm so appreciative of it. And, man, it just shows, you know, the hard work is for something. Hard work is going to be for something in the future. You know, I, I stopped playing football, and this is kind of filling my crave, right? Um, I actually got drafted by an arena football league, and I was going to get paid to go play out in Louisville. But I decided to stay home, uh, be with my family, and start working on my new craft. And that is this podcast, and that is working on sports as a, as a I guess you can call me a broadcaster slash media coverage guy. So, Yep, this is my new path, and I, I, I'm so excited to be on it, and I don't regret anything. So thank you 
for tuning in as always everyone i will catch you next week have a great week i hope your favorite team in whatever sport it is wins this week I'll smack him in the mouth.